Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's interesting. Last week at this time was election evening. I started my show at 9 o'clock. Some of the polls were closing or had closed. There still were no definitive results. The show finished at 9.30. We still didn't know anything. So I never got to comment on the election. And I'm going to comment on it to some extent this evening uh, and hit some things that you may not be aware of here. Uh, I was wrong throughout this campaign. I did not see how Trump could win. Uh, I mean, the man is anti most things I believe in or support. uh, And it gave me great concern. And I did not believe the people of this country would go for him. I thought the polls uh, were right on. They, they, they seemed consistent, all the pollsters. So it looks like, looked like Hillary was going to eke out a win. I was wrong. I feel terrible I was wrong. Not because I shared my thought with you I was wrong. I'm really wrong. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say, but it's true. Uh, I think things out and I come to a judgment. And generally, I am right on. But here I was off. And uh, so there we are. We've got a new president. Uh, I didn't realize the people of this country were that pissed off. It's the only way I can put it. I have talked about this irritation for three or four years on the show and in my writings. Uh, And I've said we've got to watch out or something drastic or dramatic was going to happen. I did not think it was going to happen as it did with this presidential result. But the people wanted change. And boy, let me tell you, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, whatever, people voted for the change. And so now we have a president-elect, and we're going to have a new president January 20th, and here are my post-election thoughts. Trump, he's our president. He's my president. He's your president. He deserves our support. All the negative things I said about him, which I meant and I still believe to be true, I shall put on the shelf or in a drawer until he does something which warrants my taking these matters back out and discussing them with you. Uh, Can he succeed? I don't know. I fear he can't. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. This is the way it is in this country. We have elections. The people vote. Majority vote wins. He had it. He's the man. And again, he's entitled to our support. I think we're going to know rather rapidly how he's going to be as a president, how he's going to do. Could be as little as three months. All right. Uh, What concerns me here is a leopard does not change his spots. And this man, boy, he had a lot of things that I didn't like uh, during the campaign and in his background. And I can't believe they're not going to come out and cause my judgment to say, okay, he's our president, but I don't like him, I don't support him. Right now he has me 100%. The first thing that he's done here of of any consequence uh, has made two appointments uh, to uh, his White House staff. Rance Priebus as chief of staff, a good choice. The national uh, Republican chairman, I, if I were Trump, would have selected a congressman, former congressman, or former senator or senator, because 
he needs someone who has uh, a close relationship not only with Congress, and Priebus does have this, but one who understands how the Congress of the United States works, the interplay of the committees, et cetera, et cetera. But not a bad choice. The guy I'm really upset with is Stephen Bannon. Uh, He is now a senior counselor to the president. The media call him a, he's the chief strategist, as he was designated by uh, Trump, but in reality is a senior counselor to the president. That's his title per law, and that's what he's getting paid to be. Now, what don't I like about him? This man has been a hater of Jews his whole life. He's from the far right, uh, the far, far right. Uh, not the conservative right, the ultra-far right. He has been anti-Semitic openly in his writings and everything else, never deviated in his adult life. He is an anti-Semite. Now, he also happens to hate black people. He's been a racist his entire life, anti-Afro-American. Now, that don't sound like the kind of guy I want sitting next to to my president, I don't like him as like him sitting at the right hand of my president. He's going to be a key advisor. And how can you have advising you as president of the United States, an anti-Semite and an anti-black? Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, this guy's going to be trouble. Right, I don't have anyone else to talk about because he hasn't appointed anyone else yet to to be on his staff or in his cabinet. Now I want to move on to how this election has affected uh, students here, college students in this country. Uh, I've never seen something like this. I'm 81 years old. I keep saying it on the show. I've never seen this. Universities in this past week have started offering counseling to help their students process the Trump win. And uh, now understand, students, are they vote today 21 years old. They're either between 18 and 21 or 21 and older. They're either going to vote in the next election or this was their first presidential vote. They are a different generation from me, a different generation from you. And they have different feelings. They have different problems in life. And it bothers me. Why? And it bothers these kids that they're, I don't, they're disturbed. That's what bothered me. They're disturbed big time. These are the kids protesting out on the streets. Uh, Why? They have big student loans to pay off. They borrowed money to get through school. Couldn't borrow money when I went to school. You worked your way through. Uh, But now you borrow money. They have no jobs waiting for them when they graduate, except maybe McDonald's. So how do they pay the loans back, okay? They owe 50000 100 some 150 I've seen those go to law school and med school owing in excess of 200 Easy to borrow, but then when you get out of school and you can't get a good job and you can't pay back, now the collection agency's on your ass, all right? And this is the experiencing experiences these kids are facing, right? And they're never going to be in the middle class. Because there ain't no middle class anymore. This is a disaster. They see this right in their face. Many of them were many of them were Hillary supporters, and before Hillary, they were they were obviously Bernie Sanders supporters. They have fear, anxiety, concern, 
questions, confusion. So, colleges and universities throughout the United States are providing two things to these kids. This is how upset they are. They're providing them places to grieve on campus, rooms with other students to talk about it, psychologists to guide the conversations. And they're also providing professional counseling services uh, where you go one-on-one, okay? Uh, Schools like Virginia Tech, the University of Massachusetts, Georgetown, uh, and this is what's happening with our young people. And a lot of them are making up those marches and demonstrations, this running in the thousands all over the United States. Last weekend, 25,000, one day alone, one day alone in New York City. What has Trump done so far that's good? Just one. He's done several good things so far in a week. Uh, he tell somebody, either he or Putin, they telephoned each other. Putin and Trump, we know, have had a telephone conversation. We don't know who called who. I would assume uh, Trump initiated the telephone call. Uh, I think that's good. I think that's absolutely good. Communicate that way. This is Trump's way. Pick up the phone, do it. Fine. Uh, it's reported that they agreed, the two men, to assess the current bad relationship between the United States and Russia. Got to work. If you can talk to somebody, you're going to get rid of the problem. And I have a feeling, and hopefully we're going to have better terms with Russia. They discussed Syria, an important situation to our country and theirs. Uh, They promised to keep in touch by telephone. They agreed to do so. And they agreed to meet in person in the near future. Good start. You've got to give Trump an A-plus for that. Now, the Democrats are unhappy. And they're plotting a war. The only way to describe it, a war with Trump. And it's the money people in the Democratic Party who are organizing it. George Soros, one of the richest men in the world, uh, who threw $25 million into Hillary's campaign, and other big-time mega-donors, okay? They call themselves the Democratic Alliance Donor Club. Democratic Alliance Donor Club. They concluded today a three-day closed-door meeting in Washington. There also were people like Nancy Pelosi, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and Congressman Keith Ellison, who is touted to be the next Democratic national chairman, the party chairman. The purpose, the purpose of the meeting, and follow me on this, was to come up with methods to oppose Trump's plans for the first 100 days in office. Example, where he will attempt to reverse many of Obama's successful legislative passages, programs. You may not agree with me, some programs are successful, like Obamacare, because he has promised Trump, first hundred days he was going to get rid of this and that, that Obama had got, uh, gotten made into law. And they want to stop that, because there are things good that Obama did. If there weren't, he wouldn't be as popular as he is even today, even though the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton lost. 
Now, there is a difference from between what the Democrats want to do today, I want to make this clear, and what the Republicans did when Obama took office. When Obama took office eight years ago, they openly acknowledged publicly they would support nothing. They would be in total opposition. They would frustrate anything he wanted to do. And what did they do? That's what they did. You know it and I know it. Nothing I'm making up here. The Republicans have been a total block, a total obstacle to whatever Obama wanted to do. I don't know whether it was because he was black or because he was a Democrat. But they really came up and put the wall up, okay? Well, here, this situation is different. They're not stopping anything Trump wants to do. They're gearing up to stop Trump's attempts to get rid of many of Obama's uh, successes during his eight years. And I think this is all right. Which now brings me to these demonstrations. We've had demonstrations all over the country since the election on several nights. Marches, people in the thousands, many major cities in our country. Uh, Last weekend, as I said earlier, 25,000 in New York City alone one day. Uh, There were two other instances in my time, and I've been voting since 1956 for president, where protests did have an impact on what was happening, did have an effect. Lyndon Johnson the Vietnam War, I've got to tell you something. There were protests and demonstrations. This country was anti-Vietnam. I saw doctors, lawyers, nuns, priests, uh, college students. Everybody walk against the Vietnam War. Very unpopular war. We didn't belong there. And those protests were, were sufficient in that they prevented Johnson from running for another term. He was eligible to run again. I remember the night I was watching television, and he finished his State of the Union speech, and then he said, I want to tell you, it's not part of my speech, I have decided not to run again for president. Then there's Richard Nixon. Watergate upset a lot of people, and we had major protests, demonstrations in the street, Uh, with regard to Nixon getting out of office, and ultimately Nixon was forced out of office. So now what have we got going here? We've got these protests that are going on. The Democrats have already announced, some group have announced, that, and this is the far left. Now understand, there's a far left in the Democratic Party. There's a far left in the Republican Party. The far left, the far, I mean, there's a far right in the Republican Party. The far right in the Republican Party has been a total and absolute pain in the ass for the last eight years. They have prevented progress that should have occurred. Uh, these are not the conservatives. These are not the middle of the roaders. These are not our everyday Republicans. This is the far right, almost the radical fringe. Well, the Democrats have them, too. There's a far left. And they are putting together, and I I sometimes think the Republicans deserve this, because after all the bullshit they pulled the last eight years. But what they want to do here, the the Democratic left, I think, is going a step too far, and quite frankly, I don't approve. They are planning the biggest political protest in the history of the United States, and it's scheduled for Inauguration Day. And it's the far left of the Democratic Party. Uh, they're organized, they're financed, 
Thousands will show up to protest the inauguration, to disturb the inauguration. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a half a million or more people there. Again, January 20th, Inauguration Day. Because you have to understand our fringe, I'm a Democrat, the Democratic Party's far-left fringe is like the Republican far-right fringe. You know, uh, they're they're always angry, they're bitter, they're they're frustrated, and they're, boy, let me tell you, I've never seen any group motivated like they are. Okay, so do I approve of this? No. I think this is absolutely wrong. Uh, Inauguration Day is is part of our, the fabric of our country. I mean, I sit back with pride and watch when our our president's Democrat or Republican gets sworn in. I watch the parade. I look at all the, you know, the heavyweights in government who are sitting there. It's their day. And it's part, again, of the fabric of our country. And I think it's wrong for them to go out and try to frustrate that all-American event, even though it is Donald Trump, because he is the duly elected president. He will be that day of the United States. Uh, Inauguration Day, again, is for everyone, uh, all parties, all peoples. But I've got to say this also, even though I don't approve of what they're going to do, I understand their feelings. This bugs the hell out of me, what I'm going to talk about now, and it has to do with Trump and and so forth. Newt Gingrich, who's probably going to be in the cabinet, they're saying maybe Secretary of State, Defense Secretary, Secretary of Defense, I don't know. Newt Gingrich is yesterday's news. Let's start that way. It was 25 years ago he was in Congress. He was a, he's a history uh, professor. He was a hell of a speaker. I mean, he came out with this contract for America, and for the first time in 40 years, the House of Representatives went Republican. The man was dynamic, highly successful in, in what he wanted to do, to turn the House into a Republican House rather than a Democratic dynasty. Well, he announced this week, that he believes there should be, and he's strong on this, a House Committee on Un-American Activities. Listen to me, a Committee on Un-American Activities. The last time we had one was in the 1950s and early 1960s with a fellow by the name of Senator Joseph McCarthy, all right, who screwed the hell out of good citizens in this country. He was labeling everyone a communist, okay? And if you didn't want to be labeled a communist, you had to come to a public hearing before a congressional committee on television, on the radio, and say, I am not a communist, but I know who is my neighbor down the street, Tom Jones. You had to label someone, nail someone, to get yourself off the hook, whether true or not. Let's go back with the history of these un-American activity committees. The first one was 1938 in the House of Representatives. This is pre-World War II. Uh, We had a concern with communism. Communism fear was was bad in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and whatnot. People were afraid that communism was going to take over the world. It was a theoretical approach to government. And People, you know, do-gooders were all for it. In every country, even our country, there was a group that were for it. And this committee was formed, okay, to, in 
investigate communist ties between Americans and the Communist Party. Uh, it was also put up or established to look into any fascism, uh, Nazi problems amongst our citizens. We were not in World War II yet. Uh, Gingrich uses as the reason for him wanting this is because the, the Un-American Activities Committee in 1938, he said, was established, okay, to look into Nazism, fascism, uh, and we have a problem today because of Muslims. He doesn't tell us that it was really set up for communism, and one of the uh, sub subordinate or non-primary things to be observed was the Nazi problem. They spent most of their problem invest time investigating communism. Then came Senator Joseph McCarthy. It wasn't the 1938 House Un-American Activities Committee, though it still was there. They didn't have one in the Senate. He was a Senate senator, and he was chairman of the Government Operations Committee and its permanent subcommittee on investigations. And he took that, those two committees and turned them in the Senate into, in effect, a House Un-American Activities Committee. Uh, and he knocked the hell out of our citizens. He knocked the hell out of everything in this country. Harry Truman, in 1959, Harry Truman, okay, he said, and I quote, the most unlike un-American thing in the country today is the Senator McCarthy's committee, which acts as a committee on un-American activities. Uh, so, what am I saying? Gingrich wants this. Trump and his people may very well give it to him, and it's wrong. It's anti-American. They want to make sure that the Muslims don't screw us up any more than they have and any other Middle Eastern countries. Well, it's the wrong way of doing it. Don't ask me what the right way is. But this will be just like it was under McCarthy and people, people are going to have their lives all screwed up, people who should not, uh, because of this committee. And this is Newt Gingrich. This is the way he thinks. And we don't want him in our government. He's yesterday's news again. He's been dying for the last 25 years to come back. I'll tell you the kind of guy he was. He led the impeachment efforts against Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton had sex. Uh, with a woman in a governmental office. That's how this whole thing started. That was really the charge. Uh, Gingrich chased his ass, got him impeached. And lo and behold, after this was all over, what they finally got Clinton for, he lied under oath that he had sex with the girl. Uh, what did they get? What did Gingrich do? This came out after all of the impeachment proceedings. Gingrich, who was Speaker of the House at the time, was having a sexual relationship in his offices with a federal employee. <laughs> so he was doing the same thing, you know. Uh, he was doing the same thing. He was guilty of the same wrong, uh, if it can be described as a wrong. This is the same guy, Newt Gingrich. He wanted to marry this woman he was having sex with, uh, who had his wife serve with divorce papers. He, he's, he's been married three times. Had his wife serve with divorce papers, his first wife, while she was in the hospital, lying in the hospital, being treated for cancer. Can you believe it? This, and by, he's being considered for a big post in the cabinet. 
And he's also uh, wants his House on American Activities Committee again. Bad move, my friends. Going to get out of politics now. <laughs> We're going to talk about robots. Last week, if you recall, I spoke about uh, robots are taking over, driverless vehicles. Within two years, tractor trailers will all be driverless. Cabs may be driverless. Buses may be driverless. Nobody's worrying about where these bus drivers and tractor-trailer drivers are going to get jobs, especially the tractor-trailer drivers. They are the last people in this country who get middle-class wages. They get seventy dollars to $100,000 a year. They're still living okay. I also said last week, McDonald's, okay, that in 18 months to two years, mark my words, okay, when you go through the drive-through window, a robot is going to handle you, hand you your cheeseburgers, your fries, your drink, and your change. It's coming, okay? It's that simple. Um, major manufacturers have done this already. Cars, every time a new automobile plant goes up, it's using robots primarily, okay? The assembly line for some of the car manufacturers today, instead of having hundreds of people on this long assembly line, had three people watching how things work. Every car has a robot on each side for each specific thing that has to be done at that stop. Each robot has 26 fingers on each hand that go in the window and do what's necessary and pull them out. And why are they used? They're used because they're cheaper than having to pay employee salaries and benefits. And they get no, excuse me, shit back from the robot as they do from the employee. Now, and no one, we're going to robots for a lot of things. No one talks about, and they should have talked about it in this election, what are we going to do with the people who have been displaced who don't have jobs? We're not getting them ready for a new job, retraining them, or even figuring out what they're going to do. We're just going to run into this debacle, this problem. We have thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions out of work, and per the usual, we will do nothing and there'll just be more people unemployed. A UN study came out this week and it said that in the United States, many low paying jobs are going to be eliminated more. And it's even going to be worse in the developing nations than it's going to be here. Two thirds of all jobs will be eliminated in the developing nations. All right. This is the future in manufacturing robot labor. China is already into it big time. It leads the whole world, okay? They did it. Cheaper, you know, a cheaper product can be put out. And they got rid of rabble-rousing, as they put it, workers. We're coming down to a situation where this country is going to continue to be 99%, 1%, okay? The 1% are going to be the capitalists, those at the top of all these companies. They're going to continue to get rich. They're going to get richer because of robots. The 99%, it can't get bigger than 100%, this whole thing. They're not going to go anywhere, okay? No one cares about them. You have to understand, they're profiteers, corporate leaders and bankers. They're profiteers. And I can't, you know, sometimes I can't blame them for wanting to make the biggest dollar. But they've got to think about the people who work for them or used to work for them or who can work for them. I believe this. Everyone should be able to sit at the table and eat. I believe that everyone 
should get a piece of the pie. Otherwise, you don't have a middle class. I'm not saying that everyone has to eat equally as the CEOs of this company. No, doesn't make sense. Not practical. But I'm saying they get, must have enough. They must have a job that provides a a, a living uh, a money for living that pays for a home, a college education for the kids, vacations, and all that kind of stuff. And, and we're losing it. My concern is this. Bottom line, if everyone doesn't sit at the table and eat, and everyone doesn't have a share of the pie, then going to consider themselves undervalued. They're going to consider themselves being defecated more and more, defecated upon. They aren't going to take it anymore. They aren't going to take it anymore. This country is as close to a revolution as I've ever seen it. Not tomorrow, not next year, but if this crap keeps up, and it's going to keep up, and I visualize it keeping up, unfortunately, under Trump. You don't know what's going to happen in this country in the next uh, three or four years. We're that we're volatile, my friends. And that is the show for this week. Thank you for joining me. I enjoyed I enjoyed doing the show with you. The numbers keep going up. I say this every week because they are. Thank you for listening. The show's archived on Black Talk Radio, YouTube, and it's linked to my Key West Lou website. I write a blog every morning called keywestlou.com. Read it. It's humorous. It's serious. It's about Key West also. Again, I thank you for joining me, and I look forward to being with you next week.